This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, good morning everyone. Shalom Aleichem. First we want to welcome our esteemed guide, Diogo, okay, who's an expert on all Portuguese history. Thank you for joining us. So, so far we've been in Spain and Amsterdam, and a lot of Portuguese Jews was slightly better than of its counterpart in Spain. The position of Jews were, was favorable practically until the bitter end. So for example, in 1391, when there were forcible uh, baptism, forcible conversions in Spain, and 200,000 Jews were forcibly baptized, in Portugal, the king's protected the Jews, so that they were not subject to forcible uh, baptizing. Now, there is a prestigious family called the Yahya family, and in succession, they serve the king one after another, generation after generation. The Abarbanel's family was uh, protected here in Portugal, and even though there was mounting feelings of anti-Semitism, in general, the kings of Portugal protected their Jewish uh, constituents. So at first, Alfonso V he brings in uh, the Abarbanel as his finance minister. After Alfonso, he's, he's succeeded by Joao. Joao. Joao II. Or Joao uh, II or in English, John. And John continues to uh, use the Abarbanel as his finance minister. However, in 1483, Abarbanel was accused of conspiracy against Joao. And uh, Abarbanel gets the message that the king wants to have a private word with him. Now, Abarbanel had heard that the king had just assassinated all of his father's advisors. And that when the king was asking Abarbanel for a private meeting, it was to be able to put Abarbanel in something called relaxation. Relaxation means he was going to kill him. So Abarbanel flees... Portugal and just makes it into Spain just as his pursuers were about to catch him. By the way, the Barbanel writes that when he came to Spain, he was unknown. Nobody even knew who he was. He had more time to study. He had more time to learn. Actually, the Barbanel wrote his commentary to the Tanakh while he was in Portugal. So, uh, now after John's death, the throne is ascended by Manuel. Now Manuel uh, was uh, offered the following shidduch. You know, a shidduch is the following um, match. He wanted to marry Isabella, the daughter of Ferdinand and Isabella. However, the, the Mechutanim, Ferdinand and Isabella said that if Manuel is going to marry our daughter, it's on condition that Manuel brings the Inquisition and the expulsion to Portugal. So against Manuel's, uh, he had no choice, so he brought the uh, expulsion into Portugal. He was a little bit more kind than Fernand and Isabella, so he gave the Jewish people a 10-month grace period. However, he did not make good on his word. So in April 1497, Manuel made a rule, made a law, that every single Jewish child below the age of 14 would be forcibly kidnapped and baptized. 
So, if you were a child in Portugal, a Jewish child uh, below the age of 14, you no longer were a Jew. You were taken away from your parents. The parents never saw, saw you again. Actually, Rabbi Avram Saba, anybody know which Sefer Rabbi Avram Saba wrote? Very good, Mr. Rabbi Rothman nailed it on the head. Give, it, give the man a cigar. The Tzor Hamar had his two children forcibly kidnapped and baptized. He never saw them again. Many of the children were taken off to uh, islands off Portugal, to St. Thomas, off the west coast of Africa. So this was a, a very, this was actually a more cruel aspect of the Portuguese expulsion than the Spanish expulsion. Now, on the first day of Pesach, without any warning. All of a sudden, Emmanuel comes in with an entire army. He rounds up all the children and they're baptized. What was the reaction of the Jewish people in Portugal? Different than in Spain. Many Jewish people killed themselves. That was the reaction in Portugal. In Spain, they allowed conversion. In Portugal, they committed suicide. They killed themselves. They killed their wives. They killed their children. And we're going to speak about the, the letter of Rabbi, Avra, of Rabbi Avram Zakuto. Rabbi Avram Zakuto is the inventor of the Astrolab. He was King Zhuao's personal astronomer. And my father relayed a very important story that's actually recorded in the introduction of Rabbi Avram Zakuto's Sefer Hayofsen. Now, when Christopher Columbus came to the New World, he was captured by cannibal Indians. And they put him in a pot. By the way, it's always best to avoid being caught by cannibal Indians. Because let's say you won't be joining us for the next stop. Right, so we're going now, what's our first stop? Tuman. And then we're going to Porto. So if you're captured by cannibal Indians, You'll be with us for Tuman, you will not be with us for a Porto because you will be someone's dinner. And the Indians caught Christopher Columbus and uh, his end was coming near and he had on him the astronomical tables of Christopher Columbus that predicted a lunar eclipse. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And uh, that predicted a lunar eclipse. So Christopher Columbus says, if you don't release me, I'm going to pray to my God and blot out the light of the moon. And a short while later, all of a sudden, it became dark and the light of the moon was blotted out. And they deemed Christopher Columbus a god and they heaped on him great praise. And actually, you could go to the museum in Lisbon today where you will see the astronomical tables of Rabbi Avram Zakuto with the Haggais with the footnotes of Christopher Columbus. In any event, Rabbi Avram Zakuto was the personal astronomer of King Wao. And in the Sefer Hayuchsen, he discusses the halachic issue. Is a Jew allowed to kill himself to avoid torture or conversion? We know that according to Jewish law, the worst sin is taking one's own life. We believe that if somebody takes their own life, they lose their share in the afterlife. The most valuable commodity that we have is our life. We are not the owners of our life. We are not even the owners of our body. You know, you, you walk around a lot of the European countries 
and uh, people are covered from head to toe in tattoos. According to Jewish law, our bodies do not belong to us. It's a gift from heaven. They're sacred. Our lives are sacred. So the question is, is it permitted to take one's life to avoid torture or being baptized? And Rabbi Avram Zakuto cites the Gemara Masech Gitin that you just had in the Dafa Yoimi, where the Gemara says that a uh, ship was taking uh, boys and girls to Rome and they were going to be violated in Rome for indecent behavior. And uh, the girls asked if they jump overboard and they kill themselves, will they have a share in the world to come? Will they have resurrection of the dead? And it was expounded, the Pasuk, Amar Hashem, Mi Bashan Ashiv, Ashiv Mi Yam, that I will even rescue you from the depths of the sea. You see, another thing you should avoid doing is taking a submarine with carts that were purchased in Walmart down to the bottom of the sea. That's also, these are two important pieces of information. Number one, avoid being captured by cannibal Indians. And number two, avoid taking submarines down to shipwrecks. You learn very important things on this trip. And you see, these, the people who went down to the bottom of the sea to rescue, to, to see the Titanic, they will not have resurrection of the dead. The, maybe the marines will find molecules, but those molecules are never coming back. But if a Jew... <laughs> Thank you, I like that. If a Jew takes their life to avoid conversion, even if they go to the bottom of the sea and their molecules decompose, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will reconstitute their molecules in the resurrection of the dead. So says Rabbi Avram Zakuto, from here we see one is allowed to take their life to avoid even indecent behavior, certainly conversion. Furthermore, Rabbi Avram Zakuto cites the Gemara in Ksubais. The Gemara in the end of Ksubais says, that anyone who attended the funeral of Rebbe, Rebbe was the redactor of the Mishnah, Mizuman Lechayim Abba will automatically go to the world to come. So there was a man who missed the funeral. He said, I can't believe I missed the funeral. How did I miss such a momentous occasion? He jumped off the roof and he killed himself. And the heavenly voice said, he'll also go to the world to come. And then the launderer, said, I also missed the funeral. So the Kaivis, the wanderer, jumped off the roof and the heavenly voice said, she'll also have a share in the world to come. So we see that if uh, in great religious agony, one is permitted to take their life. And therefore, says Rev. Ram Zakuto, there were many righteous Jews who took their life to avoid torture and conversion. For example, in 1391, the grandson of the Rush killed himself, Al-Kiddush Hashem. Not only he, his mother-in-law, the wife of the Tor, killed herself. The Tor's wife, the Tor's wife killed herself, Al-Kiddush Hashem. So from here we see that for the sake of saving oneself from conversion, one is allowed to take their life. Now, the uh, Inquisition was preserved and upheld with great cruelty in Portugal 
sometimes even worse than in Spain. So tens of thousands despaired, converted, became Portuguese conversos. But once you become a converso, your problems just begin because they, there was Inquisition. In 1504, there were pogroms. In 1506, there were pogroms. The situation in Lisbon became so unstable that there was a rebellion against King Manuel. So King Manuel allowed the, Jews to, the Jewish conversos to leave. And when they left, thousands of conversos returned openly to Jewish practice. By the way, in Portugal, the Inquisition continued until 1821. In Spain, until 1834. So this is some of the history of uh, the country we're going to. We're going to speak about a number of the G'daylem, uh, most notably Rabbi Avram Saba, who lived a very tragic personal life because of the forcible conversions here in uh, Portugal. And I want to share with you um, an original idea that I'm, that's in development, but I'd like to speak about further on Tishabab. And that is, you know, it always bothered me why on Tishabab we don't commemorate the Spanish Inquisition. After all, the, uh, the expulsion was set for Tishabab, August 2nd, 1492. So in the past, we've brought out the idea that the expulsion from Spain in the scheme of Jewish history is not really a tragedy because after all, we're being forced to leave the Gullahs. The Jew never cries when they leave the Gullahs. But there's an, another very important reason why we don't mourn the expulsion in 1492. And that is the expulsion in 1492 was the best of the lot of what could have happened to a Jew in the 15th century. The expulsion was after a hundred years of forced conversion. And once you were forcibly converted and you wanted to practice Judaism secretly, then there was Inquisition where there were spies everywhere. If you made one wrong turn, you made one wrong move, if you said one wrong word, they would take you, they would take your family, your wife, your children, and they would burn the person alive. That was the, that was the fate of someone who was caught practicing Judaism in secret. The expulsion was a reprieve. Now they had freedom to leave the country. And actually in the scheme of things, the forcible conversions were much worse than any faith the Jewish people ever suffered. In fact, the Ravid writes that while many Jewish tragedies were just a repeat of suffering of the Chorme Samikdash, the forcible conversions were a faith that we never suffered before in our history and have no parallel and have no precedent. And therefore, to commemorate the expulsion of 1492 would be downplaying all the disasters that happened for the hundred years before that made the expulsion pale in comparison. So it would almost be incongruous and distasteful and a lack of respect for what was happening for the previous uh, century to commemorate the expulsion of 1492. So here is, are some uh, introductory remarks and uh, we're going to hear more from uh, Diogo Do as, we as we get to the place. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.